right. Today on our uh, Sport Management Association YouTube interview series, we have Dave, De Dave D'Angelo and Andrea Hall from Ohio State Rec Sports. Uh, my name is Joe Mullins. And I'm Emily. And then uh, Dave and Andrea, if you guys could kind of introduce yourselves. Andrea, you want to go first? Yeah, absolutely. Andrea Hall. Um, I am our Assistant Director for Scheduling and Events with uh, the uh, Office of Student Life and Department of Recreational Sports here at Ohio State University. Cool. And I'm Dave D'Angelo. I'm our Senior Associate Director for Facilities here in the department. Uh, we're with the Office of Student Life. Awesome. Um, so, you know, you guys both graduated from the Ohio State uh, Sport Management Master's Program. Um, can you guys give us like a short kind of journey of your career so far, like where you've been, what you're doing now? Sure. Go ahead, Andrea. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. I, so I um I did my undergrad work at Ohio Wesleyan University, just up the road here from us, and was a student athlete there and thought that I wanted to go into education and coaching. Um, made a quick change out of the education piece when I realized that uh, it just wasn't a good fit for me and my, my strengths, so kind of moved over to that sport management side. Um, from there, graduated, went on to Ohio State, um, interned with the women's basketball program um, under head coach Beth Burns and that program for a year. Uh, from there, there was a coaching turnover and um, there was an opportunity in rec sports. There was a graduate assistant position available. Um, interestingly enough, I ended up interviewing with Dave for that position. Um, I think that, you know, they were in a spot where they needed somebody. I had no idea what, what recreational sports was um, coming from a small division three school. So thought, hey, why not? Let's try something different, get, a, get an experience here. Um, who knows uh, where it will lead. And from there, got the position um, and timing was right where we were building some some new facilities on campus. We were expanding our full-time staff and had a unique opportunity where I kind of, you know, uh, fell into the scheduling manager role back then. Um, and then over the years kind of developed that area from just scheduling with me and a one graduate student to me and scheduling and events and three full-time staff and a, a graduate assistant and a handful of students now. So um, that's kind of been my journey in a quick snippet. Cool. Yeah. I was a uh, undergrad here at Ohio State and uh, my sophomore year of college, I got a, a federal work study form in the mail saying I was going to work at Larkins Hall, which was the building that uh, preceded the RPAC. And uh, I was going to make, I think, $3.65 an hour working in the uh, – uh, checking IDs and doing that kind of stuff. Nice. Um, you know, so from there, I really, uh, you know, so many of us that are my age, we didn't even know, as Andrea alluded to, that this was even something that you could do for a career, right? I mean, uh, but as, uh, as I started getting more and more involved uh, throughout the department and officiating and uh, becoming a manager and those kind of things, I said, man, this is something I think I really uh, – would be interested in doing. So I went to, uh, ended up getting a grad assistant here at Ohio State and uh, was fortunate enough to get into the sport management program. Uh, so I was I graduated from the sport management program in 1995 before any of you guys were even born. Um, well, Andrea was. Um, and um, 
had a great experience both in the program uh, as well as, as my grad assistant role. Uh, from there, my first job out of grad school was uh, a position at Northern Kentucky University, just right over the river from Cincinnati, uh, as a facility coordinator. Uh, from there, I moved uh, to Oakland University up in Michigan uh, for about two and a half years as well uh, as a facility assistant director of facilities, and um, were able was able to be involved with the construction of a brand new rec center there at Oakland, which was a, a really a career changing. Uh, thing for me. And then in 2000, I was fortunate enough to come back here to Ohio State as an assistant director. I oversaw Larkins Hall uh, for those first five years uh, and then transitioned into the RPAC. Uh, since then, I've, I've been fortunate enough to be in uh, the role that I'm in, in now as a senior associate director, uh, where I am overseeing all of our facilities, indoor and outdoor, with a lot of help from a lot of talented people and um, uh, have the greatest job in the world, I think. That's awesome. Yeah, that's super cool. Um, so obviously you both have a lot of experience under your belt. Can you guys dive into what some of the challenges are that you face in your role? Mm. Well, I, right now we are dealing with some unique ones, right? Uh, yeah. uh, we are, uh, before this whole virus situation started, our total portfolio of our outdoor space uh, really started to uh, be looked at from a university. So we're losing a lot of our outdoor space to other priorities at the university and really trying to um, revamp, redo, remodel some of the outdoor facilities that we're going to be left with, uh, add some space to what we have. Uh, so I think it, what, I, what I'm getting at is probably the biggest challenge is the things that really aren't directly um, in your control. And right? I think that probably for any of us uh, becomes things that you know, you just get uh, frustrated isn't the right word, but, it, you know, it's like, yeah, you just don't have any control over how that happens. Now, we've all been living in that world uh, since March. So uh, uh, feeling like you don't have any control. But I think that's probably, uh, to me, trying to navigate some of those things here at a big university, uh, to me, is probably my biggest challenge that I deal with uh, on a daily basis. Yeah, I'll kind of add to that. I mean, I think it's it's very similar to what Dave was talking about. Um, for, for me in my area, I think what's trying to balance the, the magnitude and the high demand of needs for space, um, you know, with limited facilities and options. And I say that and a lot of people are going to laugh because we're very blessed with the amount of facilities that we have. Um, but you know, for who we're trying to serve and all the programs and services that we have just within our department. And then, you know, also trying to accommodate student organizations, partner and collaborate with other departments on campus. Um, you know, and then you add in what Dave was mentioning about, you know, we're starting to actually lose some space. Um, that becomes quite a challenge, um, trying to figure out that big picture and where all the puzzles fit, um, puzzle pieces fit. And, uh, you know, and then you add on top of it, some of the, the, the regulations and the guidelines that are going to come out that are probably going to even further complicate, you know, what that looks like and, and how we go about tackling it. So. Well, Joe and I were talking offline before we started, you know, Joe's question to me was, 
have you guys started to think about what the RPAC is going to look like when the students come back? And I'm like, yeah. oh, yeah, we certainly have. <laughs> and, uh, um, you, you know, and that, that information is changing all the time, too. So yeah. you get, uh, you know, you get one day it's, it's um, you know, everybody's got to be six feet apart. The next day, everybody's got to be 10 feet apart. So that, that stuff has been changing all the time. But we feel like we have a really good, solid uh, plan of attack, provided the information doesn't change on us again. So, yeah, th- those are, uh, uh, you know, I think a lot of people are feeling that way, not just about their work, but about their personal life. That so much of that stuff right now is um, out of their control. And it just is very, uh, it's taxing, right? It's tiring. Uh, yeah, I'm yeah, tired, more sure. tired now uh, than I have been in a really long time. Yeah, I totally understand that. Yeah, that definitely makes sense. And you guys definitely face a unique set of challenges that I think a lot of people maybe aren't as aware of. Um, but on the flip side, what are some things that you guys enjoy most about your role? I'll, I'll start. I know that I said the challenge is, you know, trying to figure out where all the pieces go. But for me, that's also one of the things that I enjoy about what I'm doing is seeing that big picture and have it all come together and, um, being able to work with so many different groups on campus in the community um, and being able to serve them and, and see, you know, something, somebody come to us with an idea and think, uh, I don't know how we're going to make that work. And then, you know, somehow we, we work together. We have the conversations, we bring in some other people to help collaborate with us and it, it happens, you know, we make it happen. And for me, that's a, it's a really cool thing to, to see and experience. Um, and I think for me too, it's, it's working with the people, working with so many different people um, within our department, our colleagues, and then across um, campus, the different students uh, and organizations and um, is, is awesome. Yeah, I 100% agree. I mean, the people that we get to work with on an everyday basis is just makes coming here a lot of fun. That's one of the things I miss right now, right? There's only a couple of us here and it's, it's uh, lonely, you're lonely, right? There's not a lot of people around and I, I love being around people. Uh, I love being around the students. Anytime, uh, you know, you can be in a role where you're able to work with students to me is immensely gratifying uh, just to see uh, how they grow and develop over the years. And that's always been one of my favorite parts of this job. And I just love that we're able to provide something that's so important for our university community, right? Uh, like Andrea said, we're very blessed to have the facilities that we have. We've been, we've taken care of them really, really well. I think, you know, the RPAC's 15 years old now. Um, people don't believe that when I walk them through it. No, no, it looks like it's three years old or five years old, right? So we're very proud of that. But there'll be a lot of nights where, um, you know, it'll be four thirty-five o'clock and I just happen to be walking up or down the steps and I'll just stop for a minute and st- pause on the landing and look out over the, uh, cardio Canyon, the fitness floor. And you just see every piece of equipment going and people are coming here to have a good time and to exercise. And it's just really gratifying to know that you can be a part of something that's so important to the student experience. That's awesome. Yeah. I could see where that would be, uh, not very fun to kind of miss that energy right now. Just, just having the building empty. Well, it's, it's kind of eerie, right? I mean, uh, um, I've <laughs> been kind of spending my time. Feet. Yeah, I mean, it's 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 uh, almost five hundred thousand square feet, and and right now there's uh, uh, our our maintenance guys and me in here, you know. So uh, 
Could really, be fo- really following the social distancing rules. Yeah, that's right. There, <laughs> nobody around. You can see behind me. I'll show you. Um, so our next question is kind of thinking back to your time actually in the sport management program. Do you guys have any kind of favorite memories or highlights that, that kind of stand out mm-hmm. from your time? Andrea, you start first. You were in it a little little sooner than Dave. Yeah, I know. Yeah. I was, but gosh, <laughs> it's been a long time. Uh, I, I was thinking about that this morning, and I can't believe how long it's been since I've been in the program and where I'm at right now. But um, I don't. I think for me, the biggest thing is I think back is the the friendships and the connections that I made with different people is what stands out, you know, a lot of where I'm at today um, is because of those people um, and developing those relationships and having them challenge me um, to do different and new things and kind of get out of my comfort zone. Um, and so I, honestly, I, I feel like that's, that's kind of the biggest thing that stands out to me. And then I, I will say that I love, you know, going to the Clippers game every year and having the auction and being able to reconnect with people and support the program still um, super bummed that that's not yeah, happening. I know. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, so I think that that was, that's probably the biggest thing for me that, that stands out as far as a memory. Cool. You know, I threw out the first pitch at that I, game a few years ago. <laughs> you guys before your guys' time, but I did. I feel like 80 or 90 what was on the clock uh, thankfully they didn't uh, they did not uh, they didn't have the gun out um, you know I agree with Andrew in terms of the relationships but I think the greatest thing about the sport management program at Ohio State and, and the times where I've been fortunate enough to talk to the incoming students uh, when when um, we had the ability to see people in person uh, I say all the time the best thing about it is the combination of both the outstanding academic experience you're going to get, as well as the opportunities you you have to get practical experience, which to be honest with you guys, there's no other program in the country that offers everything that this program does in terms of uh, what those practical experiences can be. Emily, you were saying you were going to do an internship with the crew. Joe does stuff with athletics. You have the Ohio high school athletic association here, which a lot of people are involved with, uh, uh, some of their events. And we have several sport management alums that work for the OHSAA. Uh, the Special Olympics Office of Ohio is here in Columbus. We have the Clippers. We have the Blue Jackets. We have the largest athletic department in the country, one of the largest recreational sports departments in the country. So all that stuff put together makes the experience you can get here, I think, just second to none, right? I always tell a story. Um, uh, when I was in grad school, I was a GA and uh, we had a weekend event. It was in the wintertime. There was a Special Olympics swim meet going on, as well as a wheelchair basketball tournament going on in old Larkins Hall, and the um, elevator broke. And we had some people in wheelchairs, and we had some Special Olympics athletes. And in the old Larkins Hall, there was one elevator. And by the way, there was four floors in the building, and the elevator only went to the third floor. Uh, so um, there were some unique challenges. In, yeah, inherent there, uh, some unique challenges. But um, – you know, so we're dealing with a lot of, of at-risk populations that are, are really starting to panic about the situation. We have people trapped in the elevator. Uh, you know, we end up ha- have helping some people down the stairs, getting the elevator open, taking care of those Special Olympics athletes that were on there and uh, so on and so forth. Well, the next day or n- Monday after, I was walking into the office and a guy by the name of Fred Beekman. Now, Fred was our director of rec sports here at Ohio State for a long time, but over 40 years. And um, that's who the park on West Campus is named after. And 
Fred says, Double D. I said, hey, what's going on, Fred? He said, I heard you guys had a rough day on Saturday. I said, yeah, well, we figured it all out, though. You know, we, we got to the bottom of it. And I'll never forget this as long as I live. And uh, Fred said, well, go find that in a textbook somewhere, right? And uh, to me, I tell that story all the time because it's such a, uh, uh, you know, it's such a great example of not to minimize the academic experience at all, but uh, of how much that, you, you know, that is not going to be in a textbook. That's something sure. you're going to learn from your experiences and whatever you're doing. Uh, and that re really resonates with me to this day. And that was, I don't know, 1994 or 95. So it was a long time ago, but, um, I still tell that story all the time because I think it's still very relevant, uh, in terms of, uh, the advantages you have of being at a big place that has a lot of those other opportunities. Yeah, no, I'd fully agree with you from like you were saying, OHSA to the pro teams to the, one of the biggest, you know, the biggest athletic department in the country. There's so many opportunities that you can, if you want to, you can get involved here, you know, very quickly. Yeah, absolutely. And if you don't, it's your own fault, right? Even if you have mm -hmm. to do some stuff that you're not getting paid for, um, you know, I think that that is really important, right? Yep. While you're in this stage of your life, the most important thing are the experiences that you're going to get. And couple that with your education uh, just ends up being a win-win. Yeah, I think that's one of the things that was the biggest bummer about the COVID situation. Like I said, Emily was interning with the crew. We had Big Ten women's gymnastics that yep. we were hosting the week after that everything was all set up. So to miss out on that opportunity is, is definitely unfortunate, but they are there, you know, if, if students want them for sure. Absolutely. Yeah. And also the program does make it really easy for people to get that practical experience, like not even just with providing us with the opportunities, but providing us with the time to be able to do that, which is super cool that they really value. Well, and they encourage it, right? I mean, they want you guys to do those things, right? right. Yeah. yeah. So that's super cool. Um, so kind of transitioning back to your guys' careers, um, what are some of the main highlights of your career thus far? Hmm. I can, I'll start. I mean, I think for me, it's been a, it's been being able to kind of develop my area, um, going from just myself and a GA and focus solely on scheduling to recognizing that there was, you know, a need to bring in events and have somebody, um, focus on that, that customer service piece so that those groups we're having a great experience and being able to put on a successful event. Um, so kind of building that, that piece and expanding my staff and um, you know, we've, we've held some really cool events over the years. I think one of the highlights for me and one of the coolest experiences was when Obama came to campus and we hosted him in our special events gym, um, you know, being able to intimately work with his team um, and the secret service. And, uh, it was intense at, at times for sure. Oh, yeah. Um, super complicated. Uh, but it was also just an amazing experience and extremely rewarding to be a part of, um, and, and make happen. Um, I, I think one of the other highlights for me too is, is always seeing my staff develop and then grow and then, you know, take what they learn here with us and go on to do, you know, bigger and better things somewhere else. Um, for me, that's, that's an extremely, um, extremely rewarding uh, experience. So. Cool. 
Yeah, the uh, we we also had Joe Biden come. I, I don't know, mm. maybe a couple of years after we had Obama, he was at one of our other facilities. And that, another one of my favorite quotes was the Secret Service guy told me, uh, "Dave, difficult takes a day, impossible takes a week." Right? Uh, so those guys have an uncanny ability to get some weird stuff done. Remember, Andrew, the guy, the one Secret Service guy, when Obama came, he said. Uh, well, we're going to flick a switch at this certain point in time and uh, nobody's be able, there's nobody's cell phone will work. I'm like, come on, man. And he goes, not believe me. They set up in this little closet and sure enough, boom, everybody's phone was like, no, not working. Yeah. That's crazy. Uh, yeah. Yeah. It was, it was, it was really educational and a lot of fun. Uh, yeah. I mean, I, I've been really fortunate to be involved in uh, the construction in, uh, of a lot of great facilities, but to Andrea's point, none of it means anything without the people that you have the chance to work with. And to me, that is by far the thing I'm most proud of is um, the people who have, uh, I've had the opportunity to work with that have gone off and just done wonderful things in this field of collegiate recreation. And, um, uh, you know, there'll always be our little family tree in terms of, uh, you know, where they got their start and things like that. But uh, yeah, to me, that's the most gratifying, the most uh, rewarding thing is seeing those folks have the success that they've had. And that, that list just keeps getting bigger and bigger, right? Whether it be someone that was a student for us or a full-time staff member for us uh, that has gone on to bigger and better things, that uh, makes you really proud. That's awesome. That's a, that's a great lead into our next question. I know you guys talk about loving the aspect of your job where you get to mentor students. And Andrew, you're saying Dave was actually somebody that interviewed when you, when you started. Um, who is kind of David mentioned Fred Beekman. Um, so who are some of the people, or I guess the one person that kind of influenced you the most in your career and how did they kind of do that? Yeah. So this is, you know, not because he's on the call with us, but, um, actually for, for me, this is true. <laughs> I, I know some people are going to find it hard to believe, but you know, Dave, Dave has actually been super influential to me as a professional. Um, you know, he's been the one constant since my start and he's been a supervisor for me at times and other times not, but regardless of, of that and the role that he plays uh, with me in, in the department, it's always, he's always somebody that I go to if I have questions, if I am struggling with something, um, if I need to bounce something off of, of him, um, you know, that I'm, I'm thinking about you know, trying to propose or implement or, or whatnot. He is, uh, you know, he kind of, he grounds me when I get overwhelmed or stressed and honestly reminds me of, you know, our purpose and why we do what we do and is, is really good at staying, he's really good at staying in tune with that and revolving all of his decisions and his, his next steps based on that, um, which um, for me is, is, is huge. And, you know, besides those things, he's, he's highly involved in the profession, you know, locally and nationally. Um, and he's got a network that spans across the country um, and is just someone, again, that I value his opinion and how he approaches his work every day. So he's one that, you know, I think, has influenced how I approach my work quite a bit. Cool. That's really nice of you to say. And why did we not talk about that beforehand either? <laughs> we, no. Hey, I'll, I'll take my check later. <laughs> yeah, okay. You can Venmo me. <laughs> All right. I know how to do that now. I learned a lot of stuff. How to do it. Yeah. 
some people don't even know how to write out a check. I hear that. Uh, you guys even know how you guys don't have checks, do you? My landlord still takes a rent check every month. Oh, okay. All right. Okay. <laughs> I can pay my, my rent online now too. Um, <laughs> Uh, thanks. Uh, that was very nice, Andrea. Uh, I did mention Fred. I mean, really, to me, three people. Um, uh, Fred, definitely, for a lot of reasons. Uh, you really learned, uh, you know, if someone looking at the outside would say, well, Fred's just uh, kind of riding out his time and uh, wasn't that involved. But when you needed Fred, uh, he was there for you in whatever uh, situation that you needed him for. Uh, anybody would do anything for that guy, um, you know, inside of work or outside of work. And he was just somebody uh, that I always have really looked up to. Um, Mike Dunn is another person that uh, was our director after Fred. Uh, and, you know, Mike really was responsible for me getting into this field. I, I mean, I had a, a real good idea that this is what I wanted to do. Uh, but, um, you know, Mike was really the one that, that pushed me along. And uh, Mike is a legendary figure in our, uh, in our profession, right? Uh, there's a, a pre, a he was the, the first person that really understood what student professional development looked like in our, in our field and embraced it and encouraged it and uh, really allowed students to, to do those kind of things. Uh, and then another person who's a graduate of the program is a guy by the name of Ken Kaiser, who I worked for as an undergrad and as a grad student. And, um, uh, you know, Kaiser uh, had a work ethic uh, that I really learned a lot from him about in terms of being able to work hard. Uh, he, he really knew his stuff in terms of facility management. So I, I really learned a lot from him, too. Um, those are three. I got, I could go on for a lot of other people, but, uh, yeah, those are a handful. Sure. I've yeah. definitely noticed that people around, you know, rec sports, athletics, whatever it is, the you know professors in our program, you know, they're, they're experts at what they do and they're some of the best at what they do, but they're also just really good people who go kind of go out of their way to help you out. Um, whether it's like personally, professionally, um, definitely noticed that about Ohio state for sure. Fred, there was nobody at, at, at Ohio State that cared more about students at the end of the day than Fred Beekman, right, during his time. I mean, uh, uh, Fred, uh, and we had limited resources back then, right? I mean, our, our professional staff was like six or seven people. We had a, a building that, that certainly was not conducive to, uh, um, you know, people doing everything they could do from a recreation standpoint. But, man, Fred, at the end of the day, uh, and they said that about him at his at his funeral. You know, they said it, it, nobody cared more about students at, at, on that campus than Fred Beekman did. Cool. Yeah, I'll I'll add to that. I mean, Fred Fred stopped in the office. I remember when I was first yeah. starting. I mean, he he was retired, and you know, he could have gone and done anything else, but he stopped in the office every day. He would come by. He would talk to our staff. He would interact with students. Um, it, it just, it was a passion of his until the end. It was really, yep. really, truly remarkable. Wow. And he would just tell you that you were doing stuff, right? He wouldn't necessarily oh, yeah. ask you. Uh, he said, uh, Hey, double D, uh, this was in 1993. Mm -hmm. Uh, he said, next weekend, you're going to work the state high school track meet. I said, well, what do you mean? He goes, ah, here's what I need you to do. Show up <laughs> at this time. You're going to work on these guys sitting up hurdles and, uh, so on and so forth. So um, 
I haven't missed a state track meet since 1993. I'm the tournament manager of that now, for, I don't know, for what, the last seven or eight years. But uh, it should be actually happening right now, son of a gun. <laughs> uh, but, um, you know, he would just tell you stuff. Uh, he's like, uh, the first time I did Special Olympics, he said, uh, Special Olympics is coming up in two weeks. You're going to be a part of this work group. Okay. I mean, what do you need me to, and, you know, it was just, and that's how I got involved in doing the stuff, Joe, with athletics. Fred was really the forefather of that. He, uh, uh, you know, he worked every Ohio State football game in the press box for 60 years in a Whoa. row. That's amazing. That's and he was the one that got us all involved. You know, he'd be like, you know, we need somebody to do the play clock. Hey, Double D, why don't you come and help and learn this? And he, he got us all involved in that. Wow, that's amazing. Yep. So kind of on the flip side of that, you guys both touched on how one of the parts of your jobs that you enjoy most is being able to see the development of your team um, and students. So can you guys describe what kind of mentoring goes on between staff and students in both your roles? Yeah, I think it's different for for everybody and how they approach it. I think for me, um, my interaction with students is fairly limited these days. I'm a little bit more removed um, than what I used to be. Um, but I think I would still take a similar approach with my mentoring style. And I think it comes from, you know, starting with mutual respect um, and, you know, uh, learning and listening to the other's perspective and having an understanding of where they're coming from um, to help you kind of learn and develop that relationship with them. I think it's important to, you know, treat them as um, and care for them as people, uh, not just an employee. Um, and, uh, you know, to help foster kind of that growth and that, that relationship and, um, the development of, you know, the whole person, um, you know, we have to, we, yeah, we have a, a professional job responsibility to teach them certain skills. Um, but I think it's, we also have to be real and that we need to do our best to provide them experiences that are going to lead them to, um, you know, some skills and, and growth where they're going to be able to transfer that stuff out into the real world once they leave. Um, so, you know, making sure that the development of the whole person is what's most important. Um, I think the other thing that I've kind of learned over the years is that uh, for me, it's, it's almost more of like a, a mentor mentor relationship and how I approach it. And that I am going to learn, like if I'm open and, uh, you know, I'm going to learn from you as much as hopefully you're going to learn from me. Um, and I think that, you know, that, that creates, uh, you know, a, a thriving environment where, you know, you can both, you know, develop and grow um, and, and be better in the end. Yeah. Similar to Andrea, as I've, progressed my my day-to-day -day contact with students has become less and less and that's probably been the, the only bad thing about uh uh getting more responsibility you know within the department certainly i in the last couple of years i've probably had more one-on-one -on -one time with our graduate assistants than i have had in in recent years and that's just uh really been a, a product of the people that they were you know in terms of seeking out that 
uh, uh, that more, more of that time. So I've, I, what I've really tried to do is try to engage in other areas of the university to, um, help me stay connected with students. So I'm in, uh, the advisor of a student organization called Ohio Staters Incorporated, where, uh, we do service projects for the university. This past year I did, um, our second year transformational experience program. I was, uh, uh I had a cohort of 15 second year students that I met with every week. Uh, for an hour and a half. And we just really, I had a great time with that program in terms of just helping them navigate um, their second year. And part of that second year experience is they all can turn in a, a fellowship for $2,000 for a leadership or a study abroad or a creative arts endeavor. And uh, man, I just really loved that. And it made me really uh, understand how much I've missed the day-to-day interaction with our student staff. That tends to go to some of our younger staff you know, the, the actual, they're the ones that are doing the, the, the meetings with the supervisors and the uh, training of the officials and all those kind of things that you kind of miss as you uh, start to get a little bit more seasoned. Cool. Yeah, for what it's worth, I know we've definitely heard people in our program kind of mention both you guys by name on how influential that you guys have both been and, and giving time and things like that to the students. I know they, they all really appreciate that for sure. It was a good group. We had a really good group of that group, that uh, second year group that just left and uh, uh, was fantastic. Yeah, 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 they were for sure. Um, you know, you guys kind of touched this, touched a little bit on this earlier, but why did you choose Ohio State for your master's? For me, it was um, opportunity. Uh, I think in a couple of different senses. So, you know, I was interning with the women's basketball program actually a year before I entered the program. Um, so there was an opportunity there for me to continue my education. Um, and then I think on the flip side of that, it's, you know, what an amazing opportunity to be a part and go through one of the top programs in the country. And, you know, coming out of that at the end of the program, the opportunities that is, it's going to present itself to me. Um, so I think for me that that was, that was the big why. Cool. Yeah. And I was here, right. And I really didn't have any desire to leave. And I had a, a, a couple different grad assistant opportunities uh, presented to me. And I was like, I, I, I'm not going to, why would I, uh, you know, I'm not going to turn this down. I mean, I loved being at Ohio state. Um, it was an opportunity, you know, for the tuition waiver and, uh, a little bit of a stipend and, uh, and an opportunity to stay and work in a department and university that I loved. I know you hear both sides of the story, right. Uh, in terms of getting your undergrad and your master's from the same institution versus, uh, different institutions. And there's definitely pros and cons to both. Um, you, you know, certainly in a perfect world, it's great if you have, uh, two different degrees from two different institutions, but for me, all the advantages lined up, it was too easy for me to, to just say, all right, let's do it. Plus, as I alluded to earlier, um, you got so many advantages of being in this sure. program from a practical experience perspective. Yeah, Emily and I both did our undergrads at Ohio State as well, so yeah. we're, in the, we're in the same boat. <laughs> no, and, and there's, like I said, pros and cons to both, uh, to both arguments. Yeah. Yeah, it's so hard to leave, though, once you're at Ohio State. I know. <laughs> I know. Um, so what would your advice be for incoming grad students and Specifically, how can they initially get involved with rec sports? 
I think they need to, you know, my, my advice, general advice to them is take advantage of any, any opportunity that you have to be involved with anything that you think could help you further your career at all. Um, you know, whether that be, like I said, volunteering to be a timer at a swim meet or, uh, uh, you know, whatever it is, however small or uh, things that you think it is, that, that it is, uh, take advantage of it. As far as getting in touch with us, they just need to reach out. I mean, even if they don't have an official role with us, we've had several times over the years where we've had sport management students that have been like, well, I really want to get an experience. Can you guys help me? And whether it be through one of your classes or uh, a practicum or whatever it is, we are, all of us are willing to help. We have several uh, alums that work on full-time staff and rec sports and all of us have great affinity for the program and would really do anything we could to help uh, one of the students if they wanted any experience at all to collegiate rec. That's awesome. Yeah, I don't really have anything else to add to that. I mean, I was going to say you got to make connections. You know, I mean, a, a theme throughout a lot of Dave and I's responses so far has been, you know, the people. And yeah. you've got to, you can't be afraid to network and meet new people and have conversations and ask questions so that you can learn about all the different opportunities that are out there. Well, we've all said it at some point in time. It's been about a moment in time and an opportunity uh, you know, where, you know, some things may not have happened if it wasn't for, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? It was a movie called it with John Cusack, uh, serendipitous, right? It was, uh, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, type of occurrence. When I was coming out of grad school in 1995, there was no internet. There was no way to see how, what jobs were available, right? You went to the NERSA conference and you got a, packet that was this thick with the job <laughs> descriptions and you had to uh, write out a little note and said I'm interested in this job and somebody might choose to interview you or whatever but uh, Mike Dunn who I mentioned earlier he calls me frantically he said uh, that the job I told you at Northern Kentucky University it wasn't listed in the uh, giant packet because they had missed the deadline but he had this facility job available and Mike wanted me to introduce me to the director at Northern Kentucky before he left to go home. We were in Albuquerque, New Mexico, and Steve Meyer, who's the director at NKU, met with me in the lobby of the Holiday Inn. I gave him my resume, um, and I was just lucky. Mike uh, had run into Steve in the expo hall on the last day of the conference, and Steve said, yeah, I missed the deadline, but do you have anybody you think would be good for this job? And he's got, I got the perfect guy, and... Um, the rest is history. You know, who knows what would have happened in my career if I wouldn't have got that initial break. So um, all that stuff is super, super important. Yeah. Hmm. All about the holiday end. Yeah. <laughs> I think it was holiday, but I know we were in Albuquerque. <laughs> right state, right hotel. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, you kind of touched that. You kind of mentioned NURSA, Dave. Um, I know there's a lot of organizations, whether it's facility related or meeting related. Um, what are some of like the organizations in your guys' field specifically that you would recommend students kind of look into getting involved with? Well, well, NURSA in terms of collegiate rec is the number one thing we would recommend. And Andrea alluded to earlier, we have ORSA, which is the Ohio Recreational Sports okay. Association. And man, Andrea, how many students do we usually bring to that? Oof, lots. Yeah, lots. Right. And that's a great opportunity for if you don't know, even if you don't not sure this is what you want to go into, it's a low cost thing. It's a drivable thing. You can really get a feel for the profession. Wouldn't you agree? Yeah, absolutely. 
I mean, it's, it's a good first step to, like Dave said, kind of get a feel for what the conversations are that we're having, um, what our operations look like, uh, you know, and to really, again, start that network process and have the conversations with people to just explore, right? See if it's something that might be of interest to you um, that you may not have been exposed to before. And, and the other thing that does, there's regional conferences too. Our, our regional conference is more student focused. It happens in the winter. Uh, but to, we always encourage people to try to go to something like that before you go to a NURSA annual conference uh, where there might be 2,500 people and um, you, you're going to get overwhelmed really quickly. So even if you only know a, a couple or a handful of people and you have a, an idea for how things work, uh, to us, that's always been really sound advice to before you dive head first into a NURSA, um, you know, make sure that uh, you have maybe some smaller ones under your belt. And NURSA has all kinds of specialty institutes now. There's stuff for sport clubs and facilities and mm. uh, intramurals and fitness and aquatics. And uh, uh, there's other conferences that I've been to. Club industry is a big show in terms of folks that might be interested in fitness equipment. Um, athletic business is a good uh, show you might subscribe to the magazine or get the magazine in the mail, but uh, um, you know they have a conference every usually around Thanksgiving time. Uh, that's a really good conference as well. But uh, those things are really important, and I've always been a big um, uh, advocate to you need to get to those type of things to further your education. Cool. Yeah, it's definitely important to get your feet wet um, in different areas. So I know both of you also kind of touched on this, but how have you both been able to get involved with the greater university and Columbus community outside of rec sports? Um, you know, I feel really, really blessed. And I think that, you know, it's one of the reasons why I think I ultimately made the decision to move from athletics over to the rec side and that it allowed for some of these uh, opportunities to take place and, and get these experiences outside of the profession and my day-to-day -day job. And, you know, I've been lucky enough to volunteer and work with um, Special Olympics Ohio in the summer games. Um, in my time here uh, at the department, I've worked state tournaments uh, for, um, uh, Ohio High School Athletic Association. Uh, I've been fortunate enough to be able to coach um, on the side at the collegiate level and the high school level. Um, I have worked the women's basketball table, scores table, um, you know, and getting, getting, staying involved in that athletic side of things a little bit and getting that kind of um, nugget back into my life. But yeah, just a, a lot of different things, but it goes back to, you know, those are all through connections and the relationships that I've been able to build over the years that allowed me to kind of, you know, get those opportunities. So, yeah. That's awesome. It, you know, it, 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 it would be really easy to come to work each day, eight to five or whatever it is, and, uh, um, you know, do your job and not take advantage of all the other opportunities. You guys, we were at the, the, biggest most vast university in the world right there are so many opportunities here to be involved in whatever you want to be involved in even if you are full-time staff right advise a student organization uh volunteer to be on a 
uh, committee. We, we have staff that are involved in all different aspects of, uh, of different things that, that happen at the university and outside the university too. I do some of the same things that Andrea does with OHSA and Special Olympics and the athletic department and things like that. You know, teach a class if you have an opportunity to teach a class. Uh, if you're not taking advantage of those opportunities, then you're not taking full advantage of being a staff member at Ohio State. And uh, to me, I've always encouraged our staff to do those kind of things because I think they're really important for people to have a much uh, broader vision of what this great place is all about. Dave didn't mention this, but he's got one of the coolest uh, jobs at Ohio Stadium on uh, football game Sundays. You want to you know, talk about that, Dave? Well, you know, we uh, – we do work this, the uh, booth at, at the Ohio State football games, too, and that can be a little stressful at times. But uh, uh, there's, I don't know, five of us in there running the clocks, the play clock, the game clock, and the uh, scoreboard and, and helping spot and keep track of things. And uh, our PA announcer sits right above us, Big Bob Kennedy, if you hear his bellowing voice. We like to give him a hard time during the course <laughs> of the game, too. But it, it is a lot of fun. Uh, and... Um, you know, just very anxious to get back there hopefully in a couple months. The uh, Penn State game when the scoreboard went out, I remember Dave sprinting down the hallway to our command yeah. center and I like, ran into the hallway like, my radio's not working. Listen, and, and yeah. Dave doesn't sprint, so that's, uh, you know it's yeah. serious then. He ran well, that time. <laughs> uh, Penner will tell this story and you should get him on here if you haven't had him already. Uh, he'll, he'll be one. Yeah, okay. Well, he'll tell the story of when the power went out. Uh, I can't remember what game it was. It was maybe – six or seven years ago and we Penner and I were talking in Dr. Pastore's class that like the next week after this whole situation happened that, that we lost all power in the whole press box right when the band started to come out before the game so no no similar to what happened no PA no uh, but this was for like a half an hour right and we were counting everybody down on the radio and queuing everybody up in different ways and uh, he'll, he'll remember that story a lot better than I do but uh, I remember it was he and I on the radio just walking, talking everybody through how we were going to get to kickoff, uh, and we did. Wow. All that matters. <laughs> the yeah. ball gets kicked. Um, kind of uh, kind of turning into our current situation, you know, one of the reasons we're, we kind of came up with this idea for this YouTube series is a lot of the internships that uh, students in our program were going to do got canceled or postponed or whatever it was um, due to the COVID-19 uh, virus. Um, kind of what kind of advice would you guys give students that are, coming out of school right now and going into a job market that's uh, not so friendly to them? Yeah, I think it's hard. Yeah. yeah, it is. I mean, yeah. because, I, you know, it's, it's tough because, you know, Dave and I have positions right now and we're still struggling and, and being challenged and trying to figure out a way to work through it. And so, you know, we're still learning. And so to be able to provide advice to somebody, I mean, I think is, is really hard. Um, but I think, you know, some of the same things apply in, you know, I think it's one, just, you've got to recognize that this is a temporary situation, you know, this is not forever. Um, and so, you know, that's good news. And, um, two, you know, you've got to be, you have to be adaptable right now. Um, things are changing. How we do things is changing. And, you know, we have to not only be okay with embracing the change, but we've got to, you know, evolve and um, we have to, uh, you know, 
again, just be flexible because if we don't evolve, you're going to be irrelevant. And, um, you know, I think that that's, that's going to be huge. So having that understanding and that flexibility, you know, when you do have an opportunity um, to know that, you know, who knows what's going to be thrown your way and what you might have to figure out um, is, is key. And I also think another big thing right now is to stay connected with people. Um, you've got to, you can't just hide away, right. And just wait it out. You've got to stay engaged with your, your network and expand your network and, um, have those conversations so that when things do start to change, then, you know, people, people are going to you, right. They're remembering that, oh yeah, I had this conversation with someone. I know that they're still looking and I know that, you know, these are some of their strengths or whatever it might be. Um, so staying connected with people, I think is, is really key right now. Yeah, I agree. It's so, I mean, this is unprecedented, sure. right? I mean, in terms of, um, you know, nobody, everybody has a hiring freeze and we even had one of our GAs that, that went all the way through the process and, and has a tentative offer, but the offer is not going to come to fruition unless the hiring freeze comes off. Right. So, I mean, there's so many unknowns and to Andrea's point it is temporary but I, I and and also keep this in mind I mean commencement was just a month ago right I mean I mean so even in normal times I would tell our folks you know not everybody's going to have something right off the bat um, I get that right off the bat might be pushed back a little bit more but uh, at the same time um, you know things are trending in the right direction and I hope that within the next few months some things start to ease up and we can see some relief in terms of hiring freezes. So I, I don't have a great answer for you, except just stay the course um, and know that this too shall pass. It's good advice. It's definitely good advice. I know I've been trying to just keep up with my network, just keep talking to people, That's right. keep, stay connected. Yeah. Like Andrea said. Yeah. Meeting and keeping those relationships. Um, so also kind of on the topic of, today's current events. Uh, what role do you see the field of recreational sports playing in furthering the conversation and making positive changes when it comes to race inequality? Um, yeah, that's heavy. Um, I think uh, being a part of the conversation, uh, you know, listening, learning, um, and again, kind of going back to that, you know, evolving, where do we need to evaluate some of our processes or procedures and offerings um, and, and make sure that, you know, we are being inclusive and, um, you know, and, and I think doing what we do best in that offering and providing a safe space for students and um, faculty and staff, you know, to, to gather, to hold events um, with all sorts of different people um, and, you know, come together and, and learn and grow from each other, like I said, in, in a safe space, right? Um, I, think that's, I think that's where you start. I've always thought that sports was a great unifier of people, right? Um, and not that everything that we do is about sport, but uh, a lot of it is, right? So uh, for us to be able to just, you know, 
the things that, that have happened recently could not have happened at a, a more inopportune time, right? When everybody is already dealing with one major crisis in their life. And then now all of a sudden we have two parallel things happening. So, uh, so for us, I think just an ability for us to get back to business and uh, be able to offer some of those opportunities uh, will be very, very helpful for, for the Ohio State University community. And, um, you know, I've, like I said, I've always felt like those type of things are things that unify people to begin with. Agreed. Yeah, I feel like rec sports in particular uh, has a, you know, it's one of the places on campus where people from all kinds of different walks of life um, kind of get together regularly. Um, so I definitely yeah. think, it, think it plays an important role in that. You know, a first year student from uh, uh, wherever in the world can be running on a treadmill next to a dean of, the, of a college, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, so it's, uh, there's a lot of, of cool things that could happen within our spaces. Absolutely. Absolutely. Thanks. Thanks. Within six feet, of course, now, but uh, yeah. <laughs> Not with it. Yeah. 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 Away from six feet. Yeah. Right. <laughs> cool. Well, thank you for that. We have, we have a few uh, final questions. They're kind of more of the, more of the fun variety, uh, less serious, less thinking. Um, you know, Dave, I, I think this first question is, is definitely aimed at, aimed at you. What's your, uh, what's your favorite food in Columbus? Well, that's a great question. So <laughs> it's you, a great you question. guys know what my answer is going to be. Uh, you know, Vladi Yanikievsky, who uh, is our, an old kicker at Ohio State, owned a place called Easy Living Deli that I would probably literally eat there, I don't know, what, three or four times a week, Andrea? At least. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, and unfortunately, he just has a catering operation now. Mm -hmm. But still, to this day, uh, the special from Vladi's and uh, a side of macaroni salad uh, and his cookie, uh, by far my, my favorite. Yeah, my favorite. <laughs> best cookie I've ever had. I don't, oh, even, I don't, I, I don't <laughs> no, no. even like cookies and it, <laughs> you can't not get one. It's, they're so good. So good. He's the best. And I miss that place. Uh, and we can still get food from there and it's catering only, but I, I just sure. miss the, uh, uh, the comfortability, I guess, of that place. Right. It was like my cheers. Right. I mean, uh, yeah. you pretty much knew everybody in there. Um, you always knew you could go in there and probably sit next to somebody, you know, and have a conversation and uh, you're supporting a small family owned business. And um, yeah, it was, it, I miss it a lot every day. Cool. Um, How are you, Andrea? Oh, sorry. Uh, for me, I'm going to go with uh, DK diner. Okay. Mm. Um, I, you know, they have got really, really good food as far as like, they have one of my favorite breakfasts. Um, but they have great options throughout the day. And I think that their donuts are delicious as well. So mm, good donuts, no doubt. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Um, who is your favorite hero or not your favorite? Who is your hero? You mean like superhero or uh, <laughs> like anything, anything? I think for me, it's Springsteen. Um, you know, and, uh, I've seen him in concert more times than I care to admit, but uh, Bruce has always had a, just a way of being there when people need him. Um, he has a, I think he really is the epitome of the American dream and the guy that, uh, you know, people turn to in times of need. He just had a nice um, thing on his radio station the other day where he talked for, had, had a, a two hour session where he played some songs and also talked about everything that's going on right now. So for me, it'd probably be Bruce. Cool. 
Uh, yeah, I think for me, it, it, it's probably Ellen DeGeneres. Um, I, I just, I think she's an amazing humanitarian. Um, she, you know, is not afraid to tackle the difficult conversations and do it with compassion and coming from a place of curiosity, but then somehow always mixes in a little bit of humor um, to kind of lighten the mood and put everybody at ease. I just think it's a, it's a, a remarkable, you know, characteristic that um, you just don't see very often in people. And uh, the work that she does um, for me is, is really, really, really great to see. She's awesome. That's awesome. Um, who was your favorite sports team growing up, college, pro, high school, whatever? Well, and they're still the same today, right? I mean, uh, I've been fans of the teams I've been fans of since I was as young as I can remember. Of course, the Buckeyes, when I was seven years old, my uncle took me to my first Ohio State game, and I got to meet Woody Hayes. And awesome. uh, Woody told me to come to school at Ohio State. And I said, yes, Done. sir. Um <laughs> You know, I've always been a big Steeler fan, uh, Pirate fan. I grew up in Youngstown, which is about halfway between Cleveland and Pittsburgh. So in those days, uh, man, it was really hard not to be a Steeler fan. So um, uh, Steelers and Pirates. And, of course, Civic Pride took over when the Blue Jackets came to town. And uh, that's been just so awesome to have them here. Sure. Yeah, for me, I think, you know, growing up, I I remember – Saturdays in the neighborhood, we'd have block parties where we're, you know, doing watch parties for the Ohio State football games. And so, I mean, Ohio State uh, football was a big one for me all growing up. And then um, I'm a basketball person. So, you know, Duke was was huge for me to watch as I was growing up. And then um, as far as professional sports, it was the Bulls. I mean, Michael Jordan was my guy. And, um, you know, I'm not huge into the professional scene anymore. Um, it's just not my cup of tea. Uh, but, you know, those were, those were the ones for me growing up. Jordan or LeBron? Jordan. Okay. Uh, the Jordan show was – the no Jordan hesitation. documentary was, was really good. It was really Oh, it was incredible. Was awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Um, my grandpa went to Ohio State, and he always tells me the story about how he by accident met Woody Hayes one time. I was like, that is the coolest thing I've ever heard. <laughs> uh, you know, I was a seven-year-old awesome. kid, and yeah, and it was like, uh, you know, looking up at whatever. And that was obviously toward the end of Woody's uh, tenure. Yeah, right. It was 1977, I think, and yes, yeah, like the, his, he, his uh, thing ended in 1979. So that's still awesome. Yeah. yeah. So kind of going off of that, what is your all-time favorite sports memory, whether it be Ohio State or otherwise? God, there's so many. You know, I was in the shot the day that Matt Sylvester uh, hit that three-pointer. I still say that was the – I'm getting goosebumps even now thinking about it. That was probably one of the ones in person because I was so close. I was sitting at the scorer's table and – he hit that three-pointer to beat Illinois. He was undefeated up until that point in Thad's first year. That was just uh, unbelievable. Obviously, um, you know, Coach Trestle, if you ever talk to Coach Trestle, he will complain about us leaving one second on the clock uh, at the very end of the 2002 Ohio State-Michigan game where, you know, we were going to go to the national championship game. 
And he even sent me a note about it as recently as about six months ago. Uh, <laughs> you know, he has never forgotten the fact that we left uh, one second on the clock uh, that day. But that game, I was in tears after that game. I was so happy because, uh, number one, I love Coach Tress. But number two, we had, we had finally gotten over that hump of having somebody that understood what the Michigan game was all about. And, um, uh, you know, it was just one, it was an unbelievable moment. Yeah, I think for me, um, there's a couple that stand out. Uh, one is just a few years back, it, my high school team um, won the state championship while we were hosting it in the, in the shoe. Yep. Um, and we and Rex Sports were actually hosting the championship zones for the teams that win after the game. So to have kind of my two worlds come back together and collide again um, was a pretty cool thing for me to experience. Um, and then a, another one for me was my coaching with a high school, local high school team and seeing one of our players just in complete flow and someone who you would not expect it from, but she was unstoppable that game um, tied the, the all time three point record uh, for in a single game um, broke the uh, all-time scoring record in a, in a game. And so I, I just think, you know, you come to expect in, in those things of, of, of you know, the, the collegiate and the professional athletes, but to see an amateur athlete in that moment was um, – and, and to be a part of that as her coach was, was just a really, really cool feeling for me um, and, and something – really awesome to experience. So that's awesome. I love that yeah. perspective. That's cool. Yeah. Um, kind of our last question. If you had to describe Ohio state in three words, what would they be? People, diversity and energy. People was definitely one of mine. Um, I, I they could do the easy, you know, the, the athletic one, people, people, tradition and excellence, but uh, tradition is certainly one that I think is so important here. Um, and I'll say um, is world renowned one word or is it uh, two it's words or hyphenated? Okay. hyphenated? We'll go with one. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> eminent. How about eminent? No, they're good. That's a good word too. Yep. Cool. I would agree with all of those. <laughs> Cool. Well, that's all we have, but thank you so much for taking time out of both of your days to talk to us and give us your advice and your perspectives. I think it'll be super helpful, not only for us, but also for the incoming students and the students that are considering Ohio State as their master's degree program. My pleasure. Anything we can do to help. Yep, absolutely. Ditto.